Welcome to the My Age Podcast, a podcast that brings you conversations with people from all walks of life, using music to plot a course from their early years to how they got to where they are now. Uh, episode 66, thank you. Well, let's get off the trail with about Cameron Bain, but we'll get to him in a minute. Um, if it's your first listen, thank you for checking it out. Although, this is probably an odd one to listen to first, because it is a part two. It's the first part two that I've, I think I've ever done, because um, Cam's just, you know, a lifer who's been doing it for so long and can't contain all his fantastic stories and all that kind of jazz in uh, one episode, so we decided to do it over two, um, and also the first time I caught him, it was before we played a show at uh, a particular venue on the Central Coast, and so we kind of had time restraints because they were moments from playing, or we were moments from playing, or one of the two. Anyhow, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen. Um, also, if you haven't listened to that one and this is your first, go back and listen to the whole bunch of different other ones that are out there. Um, if you listen to this, there's probably a whole bunch more that you will dig or should dig or could dig. Um, so, yeah, go check it out. Uh, My Age Podcast, part of the Podbelly Network, a fantastic uh, network of podcasts. whole bunch of different really cool podcasts on the network. Um, murdery stuff, sciencey stuff, weird and wonderful stuff, um, people shooting the shit, all that kind of thing. Um, you can go check it out on Pod, oh, check them on the socials, podbellynetwork.com and my face, my, my face, Facebook, I was say MySpace, I will not say MySpace, um, Instagram, all that kind of jazz. And yeah, what else, Gringo Bandito, world's best hot sauce, what you gonna do about it? Um, if you're in North America, get it on, get it from Gringo Bandito directly actually, gringobandito.com. Um, you can also get it from yeah there's a whole bunch of stores that are stocking it so that's a good thing um you can get on amazon if you're that way inclined to purchase things that way um yeah it's all good uh the time this is getting released body jar have actually just announced that they're doing a reissue of the rimshot album um so we're kind of may is going to be like a how do i make a clever name for it Body May? No, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to do two episodes of Body Jar members, um, which shall be fun. So we'll do one, this is part two of campaigns, and then we'll do another one, which I'll kind of keep you in suspense with and do it at the end of the month. Um, but yeah, uh, a label called People of Punk Rock, I think they're based out of Europe or Canada, I can't remember. Um, let's, let's, they're not in Australia, but they're, re, they're reissuing the Rimshot um, album. A uh, whole bunch of real, really cool color pressing. It looks fantastic. The artwork looks fantastic. The sorry, the the packaging looks fantastic. Would be a better way to put it. Um, so look, you can go to I think it's People of Punk Rock, but you can go to just Body Jars social medias, and they will have links on how to get it. Um, there's not a whole bunch of copies, but it's it's one of the greats for Australian punk rock, um, and kinda for a lot of people was the, like the level up or you know the 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 bar the, the new standard i guess um of quality and musicianship and just production and all that kind of jazz so yeah cool um campaigns part two eat gringo bandito do the damn thing cool yeah so again let's just play it by ear like, yeah. like, I'll probably, I mean, chances are, like, 
you know, I got three and a half hours left on the um, SD card. Oh, uh, man. So, uh, like, yeah. yeah we I'll can... try and wrap it up. I'm not going to be as long-winded <laughs> as last time. No, no, no. Look, <laughs> you weren't. I, I think you were a bit paranoid about that. You definitely weren't. Like, oh, just, you know. Yeah. Could crap on for so long. You just got to, you know, fucking, sort of edit look, yourself. I, you know, um, I try not to make, I try not to ever make this about me. And every, every time I do, I usually, <clears throat> majority of the time I do, I usually cut it out. Like, I'll cut my shit yeah. out, right? But, yeah. like. I have these weird mem- – not weird memories of you, but, like, I've got these, like, moments that, you know, how would I put it? Like, I've got no reason to remember hanging out – like, you, me, and um, another one of my best mates were sitting out the back of an all-age venue at Inganine, and there was probably 30 payers, and it was you yeah. guys and Crank. And I just remember <laughs> talking to you, and you said something like – um. Fuck, I was definitely underage because I was at that. And we're just talking shit and we're talking about your Blue Gibson and you're like, oh, fucking Dave O'Dwyer owns it. I was like, why do I remember? Like, why can't I do maths that well? But I can remember having a conversation with you. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and weird shit like that, like when I was fucking 17 That's years so old funny. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's so, funny. Yeah, so, yeah that, that y- Blue yeah. Gibson Jr. I was like a Les Paul Jr. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And that's funny. That's <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was fucking. But like, I remember dumb shit like that. And yeah, like yeah. Why do I remember? Yeah, no, it's just fucking bizarre. So like, I've got these weird little moments yeah, where you snippets. guys and Body Jar were like a big part of a moment for me. That's cool. And then that's sick. yeah, like yeah, twenty years later, twenty yeah, yeah. years later, twenty fucking two or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes so, it's so weird to think we're actually still doing that same band. Still doing it. It's fucking. It's fucking. It's ridiculous. You it's know? pretty mind blowing. <laughs> it is fucking weird. Like, yeah, my because, God. like, I mean, and I don't know how you feel about. I'm having this weird, not identity crisis, isn't the right thing to say, but like, I'm having one of those moments at 38 where I look around and go, I'm not, like, I don't relate to the, like, the, I could literally yeah, yeah. be these kids' parents now. Yeah, like, yeah. and I don't relate to any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just that far off, yeah, yeah, so far out of what you would even, like, consider cool. And, like, yeah. so, like, my like the people that listen to my podcast are literally, you know, 30s to 40s and that kind yeah. of thing. But, yeah. But, like, there's all these young kids doing all these really cool things, which are fucking great. Like, people want to know, like, what's happening in punk rock and what's happening in hardcore and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, yeah. And I look around and just go, like, I don't really care. Like, unless it's yeah, something that... I know. Like, I don't care about... I know. Yeah. Neither do I. I don't care about it at all. Yeah. I mean, unless it's something that has some roots back to that era or that respects that period a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I can't, can't be fucked with it. I'm kind of... So I'm kind of... Oh, not glad's not the right word, but, like, yeah, like, you know... I, yeah. I dig that you feel this, a similar kind of way, so... Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. just... It's getting old, isn't it's it? So like we don't relate to these, to these, you know. Every now and then something will come along and, then, and someone will play it in, in the shop, like one of the young guys will be like, whoa, that's pretty good. What's that? But that's like maybe once every three or four months, I um, hear one song. Yeah. And I'll be like, that's pretty good. What is that? And then yeah. I uh, have a listen to the rest of them and they're pretty shit, yeah. the rest of the songs. You know? <laughs> or it was someone that I fully missed, yeah. you know, back in the day. Like, I, I don't know. There was that weird time when, um, remember all those bands like Brand New? Yeah. Sort of came through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do, do you know Brand New have, 
have you listened to any of those recent shit? Like, I just wrote them off as like some emo sub, you know, second generation. One of my, but they are fucking incredible. One of my now. favorite, like one of my desert island top ten desert island albums is uh, "The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me" by Brand New. Yeah, that's the one that be my babe song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be There's some babe. fucking bangers on that. Right, we use that. We use that song as like a yardstick for our album. We like. We all send that around. So that's the sound, like that's the production, and that's the sort of vibe we want to get. You okay. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the sort of. It's just got that oh, something really, really urgent about it. And, oh, and dude, raw. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's so raw, but like when it kicks in, it's so fucking good. Yeah, you know. And it's it was considering the the album before it was very, you know, yeah, like lumped in. So with, I don't even like, know the album before it. Album before it's really, really, really good. Really, but. It, um, if you call the first one, I never listened to the first one because it was very, it was newfound glory esque, like that kind oh, of yeah, yeah. cheesy. Yeah, that's shit. what I thought because I'm pretty sure they came out and supported Offspring and they had a piano the, well, on stage. They, they they came out with Blink. They definitely oh, okay, they came yeah. out with Blink and did this tour, and I think they did like two or three shows, and then Travis broke his ankle. That's right. Yeah. We were on that tour. Oh, well, we're yeah. on that tour. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> we were. <laughs> um, and then we all went home. Yeah. Yeah. You all so. go home. What do you do? Like, yeah. So, yeah. Um, was, yeah. And then the second album has, gets kind of lumped in with like a Mike and Winkle romance kind of sound. Yeah. Which yeah. like, you know, yeah. Like heartbreak and da 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 da. But if you can kind of take it on its own merit, it's really fucking good. Like an analogy I'll give of it. I have another list. Were you ever it. into Red Hot Chili Peppers? No, nah, I, I I got into Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah, Grand Grand Toe was like fucking loved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember, and, but I I never got into. It. I never. Okay. I, now I absolutely hate them. <laughs> hate them because <laughs> I, you know, Triple M. If you listen to Triple M, it's just fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah, all day. It's bad. No, okay. Oh, so, man. but like, what I was gonna say was in ninety six or ninety seven, they released this album that didn't have their. Guitar. It's like I had a had yeah. David I remember Morrow. one hot minute. One hot yeah, minute. One yeah, hot yeah. Minute. yeah. That album's fucking incredible. If yeah. you take it out of the context, that's yeah, a Red yeah. Chili Peppers album. Yeah. So is if you listen to Guns and Roses, Chinese Democracy. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to that album and take away all the bullshit, just listen to it as a modern rock album. It's a fucking masterpiece. Okay, I will. It, it really like, fucking is, man. I talk about. Because I got a lot of friends who are into like bands like The Darkness and all yep. that sort of shit. Yep, yeah, yeah. And I'm um, like Dave Quirk, that comedian. Yeah, you know, yeah. He yep. came up to see, right, him and me. Like we always listen to that, and we always when we work together, we always listen to Guns and Roses, Chinese Democracy. Man, it's fucking awesome. That's so good. Have a listen to it. It's just it's got every song. It's got like they got the anthem, they got the pop song, they got the slow ballad, but they're all really well played, really well produced. Okay. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. Fucking great. It, <laughs> yeah, it is pretty good. Sick. It's a guilty pleasure, but you know. that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right, so let's kind of let's kick it off, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. All righty. Um, with me for my very, very first part two, I'm very excited about this, Mr. Cameron Baines from Body Jar. How you <laughs> doing, mate? Good, thanks, Joel. How are you? Very good, thank you. Look, so we we're gonna just kind of jump headfirst into it. When we last yep. spoke properly, we um we discussed uh, No Touch Red, it being released, yes. it being picked yes. up high rotation on Triple J. Um, yes. And then, you know, touring the US and kind of not really ever really pursuing the US in a big way because the kind of thought was you really had to be over there constantly to do it and that wasn't yeah. the cards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. Yeah. So, yeah. 
and I guess after that, um, yeah, we worked out it was very, very hard work to be touring in America and trying to crack it because it's a massive place. So we came back to make how it works, I think. Like, uh, there was there was a, a period there where, because I think not, I think No Touch Red would have been on Shock, so we got off Shock. Yep. And uh, Ray Harvey was managing us, yep. and um, it was at a time when she just started managing The Living End yep. as well. And, uh, and she actually helped us get from Shock to EMI because we wanted to sign to a label that we could get a bigger budget from and work Makes with sense. some producers. Yep. Yeah, but we wanted to do a, a really big rock album, you know. We wanted to make something with, you know, Tom Lodowge mixing and, you know, Kevin Caveman Shirley and, like, proper producer. We'd never done that before, so so we did. We And, and luckily, you know, Ray, to her credit, she did it. She got us off there and she got us onto EMI, which was, like, an awesome label. Yep. And um, we got a massive budget and we recorded How It Works. So with the How It yeah. Works songs... One thing, like, as I've kind of, I've been listening to it of late in the, um, I guess, in the lead up to talking to you about this, were with your, and I guess, with your songwriting in general, do you, um, do you kind of go, okay, new new album time, like hit reset on everything you ever knew and kind of go into it fresh, or do you have songs that, like, is there instances where there's songs that are kind of not banked per se, yeah. but like. That didn't work. Yeah. Didn't work the first like on the last album. You kind of you know uh, there can be something done with it, but and you've just got to kind of tweak it. Like, how does yeah. that kind of work? We, we we do do that. I think a lot of the time we we tend to start fresh. Yep. But there's always those ideas that hang around. Like we've got them from years ago. I've got like demos of songs. Yeah. This one called Five Year Plan that we wrote that I always thought was awesome, and we demoed it, and it's never. I don't know. I think I was the only one who really pushed you know, for it. Really pushed for it. Yeah. But it's a corker song, and I I said. Anyone, if they ever do a solo album, you've got to put that on it. It's so bloody good. Yeah. I mean, there's, but then you, then you know, you record the album, then you, you sort of, you start recording the album, and then you go back to your old ideas, and you're like, yeah, there's a reason why we didn't record these. Yeah, on right. The last okay. album. Yeah. You know, there is, there is a reason that they weren't quite up to scratch. And we have, like, we demoed maybe 35 or 40 songs for how it works, and I reckon we were lucky to get, eight, you know, seven or eight really good ones on that album. There are some you fucking know? bang, like. Like you know that they're like for, like triple like you know major radio stations picked like rocks radio stations picked that up in a big way but like for every reason like you know they are fucking yeah. cracking songs. Oh, thanks, man. Thank yeah. you. There's there's a few absolute like um, that song. Good enough is an absolute shocker. Okay, shouldn't have been <laughs> shouldn't have been on the album. And we did this this song called Halfway Around the World, which was the B side of Not the Same. Yeah, and it had Chris Cheney singing a verse on it. Oh, no, he sung like an outro. Yeah. And it was a really cool song. And it just, I don't know why. Why didn't we put that on the fucking album instead of... <laughs> why just over the B-side? Yeah. Yeah, instead of this good enough song. I don't know yeah. what I... Yeah. I think we all sort of sat around and, and voted, you know. And right. Yeah, some things didn't work out. But, you know, generally on that album, I think there's very little filler. I reckon probably good enough is, is one of the only songs that probably wasn't good enough, yeah. ironically enough, you know. <laughs> but... uh like even Clean Slate and um, Ordinary Lives, I always thought was a really strong. It could have been a single or something, you know. So yeah. the goal, the goal with that album was to just make an album with as many sort of singles as we could. We we were really into like um, watching Beatles anthology and Beach Boys and Brian Wilson and like all these great songwriters and really putting the effort into the actual song, you yeah. know. Like with, with the single selection, like whose choice is that? Like, I mean. I guess every kind of every kind of contract and every label yeah. relationship has got uh, a different kind of perspective on that. But like with you with that, like 
you know, the big singles would fall to the ground. I think the and, first single was not the same. And not the same, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and that, and that, but that wasn't supposed to be the big one. I think they, the guys like Tony Harlow at EMI and the marketing people and all, they always thought um, Fall to the Ground would be the big one after that. But okay. not the same did, did really, I think, did better than what they thought it would and they should have probably kept going on that for a while. But they switched to, um, uh, I mean, they switched to Fall to the Ground and the, it, I don't know, to me it wasn't, I would have probably picked something else. But in the end, yeah. I think in our contract, we were lucky. We had the power to choose a single, but we always sat down with them and made sure they were happy with it because, you know, you don't want to be forcing them to do, you know, yeah. promoting something that they don't want to promote. So we just came to an agreement on everything, you know. So That's good. Yeah, you know, good for Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then there was Five Minutes Away, which did all right on commercial radio. That was like right at the end. But I think there was like four videos and four singles. Yeah. Something, which was pretty good, you know. Back in the days when we were spending like 30 grand on a video, you know. You spent thirty grand on a video. I think I think one in a million was Jesus. thirty grand. Is that the I sperm it, one? It's the sperm one, yeah. yeah. And I think the budget, like, it was me and JT came up with a concept. You know, um, yeah, yep, Jason yep. Jason Tuddy, yeah, he's a really good friend of the band, I guess. But um, the budget was twenty grand, and it just kept on blowing out. And we wanted, yeah. to, wanted to get all these suits made, all these yeah. little sperm seats, and then we wanted to use the corridors of the MCG or. Or Rod Laver Arena or something. So you had to hire that. Yeah, but we had like a really good concept and and EMI were pretty good. They just gave us a bit of extra cash, which obviously was recouped through the album anyway. Yeah. What about, stepping back a bit, what about the film clip for, I always thought the, one of my favourite, like one of my favourite film clips across any kind of, (laughs) you know, location or or genre or whatever is the... um, not Weezer. No, 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 no. You're one of yours. Um, you've taken everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, so you. So. Oh yeah, I, yeah, One yeah. of my favorite yeah, film I'm clips. Gonna... Yeah, is you taking everything. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. amazing. Like. Yeah, I reckon that's probably one of the better ones too, because it was like, I don't know that was the first one um, Jason Tardy did with us, and we shot it in Sydney while we were there. Right, it was just okay. like, yeah, that was like a four grand clip. Like, so was, that was a small budget because it looked like yeah. it, there's moments in that where you go, oh, someone's, you know. Someone's actually designed a set for this, like yeah. It looked like it, but it was it was filmed in a in a, like a kids play center. Wow, so right, that's right. why it had all those weird like like colors in the background. But it was really yeah. colorful and sort of cartoony. You yeah, know? it was fucking so, it's fucking it's brilliant. Yeah. Ah, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I really I dig that I dig that song too. So yeah, yeah but Jason Jason Tuddy was like he was a bit of a genius. He came up with tons of shit and did it. He probably made like seven videos or something, you know, and did the DVD, but. He yep. did it always on a bit of a budget, except for that one in a million one where, you know, fuck, we wouldn't even spend 30 grand on an album now, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Imagine getting, yeah, 30 grand for a film. I know. Trip. Yeah, it's fucking for a wild fucking concept. Video. It's yeah. mental. <laughs> Sick. So, yeah. uh, like, around this time, you're just heavily touring Australia. Like, you've got the label behind yeah. you, kind of. The venue, like, the venues got a lot bigger as well, I take it? I think, I think we did that the tour to launch the album was with Unwritten Law and uh, it was one of the first times like a, an Australian band had headlined over a US act you okay. know what I mean like so some nights like it was a bit of a battle like they really made you lift your game like you can't come out there half assed if you're going on after Unwritten Law you know yeah. it was like a like it was nights when they probably did better than we did and there was nights when we, we kicked their ass as well but it was yep. like a real sort of competition I remember yeah healthy yeah, you know yeah. it was like it was like a healthy competition who could, who could get the best you know sort of have the best gig that night yep so that was really enjoyable, and that's when Rob was in the band. He was a really good friend, and they were really, you know, they were a good live band. And Rob was pretty cool. Because um, yeah. you did, but like you toured with them a fair bit. Like I think we did that, and we did something with them and Blink. 
Yeah, them blinking caustic yeah. soda. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That might have been even before that, I think. But I remember we did Blink for How It Works. We did a tour with Blink right after How It Works came out as well in yeah. Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Playing. They played like Rod Laver. Yeah, just those little, yeah. those local venues. Yeah, those little yeah. venues, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my mum my was so stoked. She thought, you're like John Farnham now, you know. You're playing, you know, same place John Farnham played. Yeah, and that, that gets you the respect. <laughs> Don't remember yeah. the album sales. Yeah, Farnsy yeah. played there. Chisel played there. Yeah. My son played yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Get me a driver bone. Yeah, oh, right. I'm getting, getting out there. That's awesome. <laughs> So was there any um was there any like overseas touring off that album or uh yeah we we did that um that's when we did the warp tour in the states so we did okay. the first time we went over for no touch red we did um we did that tour with the vandals and we did like a couple of revelation nights like we played at CBGBs and all that shit with um far side and a few bands like ice band but then for how it works we went back over but we did the warp tour so it was with Rancid, blink 182 you know it was I think it was uh, the Ataris, AFI. Um, oh, it was it was just tons of awesome bands. Yeah. So we did that. We did like fifty shows in fifty five days or something, and then we did a tour with Blink One Eight Two straight after that in America. Yeah, right. Jesus. Playing 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 these stadiums everywhere, like twenty thousand people, and so they're playing. They released what would it? Uh, they would have done. It would have been. Um, Enter of the state. No, I think it was the, the one with. Um, Rock show. Oh, take Girl, that's a jacket. rock show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was for that. It was for that. And that that was the first song. And they had that flaming fuck, the word oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. they, had, they had that in like 20 foot high letters with gas <laughs> going through it. So they have a curtain down and like they had the curtain all the way down. And then like they'd play this fanfare of their, their intro music. And the, the curtain would come up and like 30,000 kids just see the word fuck in flames. <laughs> and that's exactly what they're thinking. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> you know, like it was brilliant. And, um, we, you know, that was really cool. They gave us, like, they paid us properly. They, they gave us tons of rider and, like, anything we wanted, you know. They were really, they were really cool to us. She said what and I told her that I did 
that seems like a you know for an Australian for an Australian band that seems like a as weird as this is going to sound like a dream come to, true to kind of play those size venues. Oh man, was it, it was. Was it a stru- like? Was it a? Did you have to pitch, or did they just go? Oh, you guys are here. Uh, like, what's? How did it come um, about? You know, to her credit, I think Ray Harvey organised it with Brick Devoe, their manager. Oh yeah, okay. Um, but but we we had brought them out here to support us in the yeah. early days. You yeah. Know, so they were supporting us, and then and then they supported us when we supported Pennywise. That they were first on. At that good time. So I, it yeah. might have been part of that. I don't. It might have been a bit of a you know you you helped us. We're going to help you kind of thing. You know. Yeah. I really felt that from them that they really tried to pay us back. You know, they were legit, legit good dudes who would do something like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, cool. Um, and I remember playing Long Beach Arena with them, and Jimmy, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel, was one of those comedians. Was was the first guy on? It as was back op- in the day, a, com- a comedian as an opener, or like yeah, a, as an MC. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. No, he opened. Um, ask, ask my wife, Riggs. There was a comedian that played with Blink-182. Was it Jimmy Kimmel? The f- dude who was first on? Excuse me. Oh, I can't remember. Excuse me, Yeah. I'm going to wear it over a night tomorrow. Okay, you do that. And um, <laughs> what colour what song do you want to buy tomorrow? We'll talk about it later, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> In the song, Mr. Yes. And good night. <laughs> Sorry. Kids, no, dude, don't. No, kids <laughs> are the greatest. Yeah. She's so funny. But um, yeah, I can't remember. It might have been someone like Jimmy Kimmel. It was one of those people, and he just did. He just did. He just did impersonations of other comedians. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> he, yeah, he just got on stage and did everyone you can think of, Jim Carrey, and like you know, like it was great. It was great. Yeah. And they played this. Yeah, it was just like. And the night before, I remember Destiny's Child played there at the same venue. Wow. It was like on. It was on the ocean. Their guitars cut out for about half an hour. They couldn't get the guitars to work during their set. So, dude, and they held that the audience just captive with just like talking and jokes and like. So they stayed. Came, they stayed there. Yeah, they, they stayed on to work stage. Out the guitars. Yep. Fuck. Yeah, it took, and it was like a long time, man. <laughs> it, like, you know, Tom from Link had like a towel around his head, like an Indian dude, and he was like doing the, you know, his, <laughs> yeah, the walk he was just making jokes, yeah. just doing stupid shit. Like two minutes feels like half an hour. So imagine how long half yeah. an hour feels. Fuck that. Exactly. Yeah. It was. It was really long time. Yeah. I think. God, this is like. This isn't just a chord or something. This is like yeah. serious shit. Major, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that where yeah. were you, where, for that album kind of were your influences still kind of rooted in you know SST and Southern California punk rock or were you kind of uh, going for something different? Like you said, you kind of wanted to do like big rock songs and like you know great. Yeah, rock we songs wanted to make. We didn't want to. We wanted to do an album that didn't have the the bad religion. We wanted to do an album that didn't have that. We called it the monkey beat, you know? Yeah, uh, yep, that's like, we just, It was like everyone's doing that. It's been overplayed and Strung Out have done it so many times. It's ridiculous, yeah. you know, like Perfected Strung Out it. have done it enough yeah. times for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So it's like we wanted to do something that didn't have that and I think we were getting into more, like Ross was getting me into the bands like the Posies and um, I just remember like sort of more sort of, sort of more rock stuff like, you know, Far Side Rigged. Yeah. and all that sort of shit. Like more sh- shit in that direction that we were listening to, you know, Sensefield and, you know, that sort of shit. Um, also always Descendants and All, which always had that sort of classic sort of rock sound to it. But yeah. we were listening to songs in a totally different way, you know. Yeah. Like we wanted middle eights that really worked well, you know, and like, you know, we, we wanted well, to strip, cut yeah. the fat out of songs and like make sure the lyrics were all pointed in the same direction. Um, it was the first time we really sort of, 
we didn't just put it together at a jam, you know, we, we, we had sessions and workshopped it and shit like that and took it, took it a little bit. And I, I really enjoyed that side of it, you know. Some of the demo, some of the songs we demoed like two or three times, and we changed the chorus. We changed choruses in some songs five or six times. Just couldn't get the right chorus. But the verse was so good, we didn't want to throw away the verse. We're like, fuck, we can't beat the verse. That's, yeah. 
sometimes we'll come up with a good verse. Like, How do we beat that with a better chorus? You know, the chorus obviously has to lift a little bit. Yeah. Um, or, or change mood a little bit. You don't want it to just keep going the same way. Yeah. So can... I think that album has good changes, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. It changes from part to part interest in interesting ways, you know. So that was just something we were, yeah, fucking around with. Sick. But, yeah, very, very proud of that album. All righty. So the next album, How It Works. Yep. Got to ask, the artwork was so weird. Considering the strength of... <laughs> um, the strength of coming off. Um, no, let me say oh, you, it again. You no. mean Plastic Skies? Plastic yeah, yeah, Skies. Plastic sorry, Sky. let me say it again. Yeah. The artwork for Plastic Skies was so weird, considering how fucking amazing how yeah. it works looked. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the? What was? Well, what were you going for? Like, and I'm not. Sorry, don't feel like I'm putting shit on you, but like, what was the? No, kind no, of, no, What no, were you no, going no, for with that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think what happened was we had this idea that we weren't allowed to use. It was like a kind of a stencil of like a, um, like a. Uh, I think it was like a tank with Mona Lisa hanging out the top with a bazooka. Okay. And it was like, it was something like that, but it looked too much like a Banksy thing. Right. You know? Okay. And we yeah. were like, were, EMI were worried we were going to get sued or something. So, where did anyway, it come from? Up, did someone, did someone, design yeah, someone, it? someone submitted it. An artist submitted it for, because they, they, they commissioned a few guys to put forward ideas. Okay. But, but the best, and then that didn't work. And then we waited for ages. Seriously, it was probably just because we, we were just indecision. We just couldn't make a decision. Yep. And that just ended up falling back on that Coles, Coles New World, you know, nameless right. brand, less like boring that's shit. But, right, okay, that know, makes more sense. Yeah, so now. that's why yeah, that yeah. album's so boring. But like the <laughs> yeah. best thing that we made this collage, one of the posters for Plastic Skies was a collage of like we had to bring everything that was in our, you know, pockets or coffee table and just bring a whole bunch of shit. And it was like a collage of like had guitar strings and a $5 note and like, all this weird shit, ciggies and like ashtrays and, and that was the post and that was, should have been the cover for the bloody album. Yeah. You know, I don't know what happened. It's just, <laughs> yeah, stupid shit. But yeah, by the time that came out, I think we were probably a little bit worn out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, what, you, do you think you, do you think you kind of rushed it or like? I don't think so. I'm like really happy with it musically, but yeah. the artwork side of it, we just couldn't make a decision. That's yeah, something right, that I've okay. always struggled. I've always struggled with that side of it for some reason. Yeah. Um, and it didn't seem like anyone else was putting in any ideas or it was just weird. Okay. It was a weird time. I think I was going through some personal stuff too. I was seeing this girl and it was like, oh, I was in another world. But musically, it, it was really good, I thought. Yeah. You know, I think the production on it's good. The songs are pretty good. There were some strange mixes. We got some mixes done by some dudes overseas and it just didn't work out. I think Cal U ended up mixing the whole thing. Okay. And um, But I was happy. I was stoked with that, like what, some of the songs on it. Why, just out of curiosity, like, you know, just for interest's sake, like, you did the you did no touch red with um Carl uh, sorry with um Bill and Stefan Ah, uh, not Stefan yeah. sorry Bill and um Jason Livermore. That's right. No, no, it was um oh they just uh, it was Jim Jim Munro who did Fast Side Rigged. So oh. Jim Munro produced it and um Bill Stefan Bill and Stefan mixed it. Oh, sorry for no touch for um no touch red. Yeah, right. Okay, sorry. So you, no no thoughts to ever go back to them. Um, not then. I think I think. Yeah, because we've done how it works. I think we just wanted to keep it, keep it going using using different people. Yeah. Um, EMI did pay for that album to be mixed by um, the guy who mixed Pearl Jam Ten. Jesus, oh, I can't remember his name now. Um, and I was in a real bad mood about that. I wasn't happy. Okay. And um, I didn't even go when they were mixing it. And then I had to go, and he sat me down on a chair. He's come in, come in, and sit down on a chair, and and have a listen. He played. Um, 
He played Is It A Lie? Yeah. And it just sounded like absolute. I just, just was not happy with it. Are they, really, you know, are you know they, are they still out there? Are they like, yeah, I've still, I've still got them. I've wow. still got all the mixes. Yeah, okay. Um, and it was like, you know, it's such a fast song. Yeah. But it was just like a, he hadn't, there's no separation. It was just like a wash of noise. Like, right, okay. like, we, like we were playing it in like a barn or something. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, you know, apart from that, it was, yeah, I was happy with it, you know. Yeah. The artwork sucks. Yeah. No, cool. Okay. What can you do? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So then, like, you're still kind of no overseas trips. Like, that was the last of the – the um, was the last of the look, US? I think we went to, like, Japan. Yeah. We didn't go to Europe or anything like that. We sort of thought, let's just concentrate on Australia for a little while. And I think it was good. We started doing really well. We had that Channel V bus to tour in for a little while. I do I remember had, like, that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was really cool. We had showers and the beds and we just toured around Australia. We did like a ridiculous amount of shows. I can't remember. It was like 28 shows or something, which is a lot for Yeah, for Australia. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just traveling around in that bus and never had, having hotels and just pulling up out the front and yep. like, you know, it was fucking cool. And you had, well, little, really you had those little, um, I think they're three. No, they wouldn't be three inch. Those little, those tiny CDs. Yeah, that, that was for, uh, yeah, Feel Better. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was... Um, that's yeah. So I guess that was like the first taste of plastic skies. That was during the walk tour in Australia. Ah, oh, right. So we okay. gave them. They gave them away. Yeah, those little three inch CDs. I they are three inch, are they? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Descendants did that on fat. You know, with that fat CD. Oh, the the early early stuff. The, yeah, like, the early bonus the first fat Descendants stuff. EP. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. put it out on like. They put it out on three inch. So when someone suggested it from EMI, I'm like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That's a great idea. <laughs> Highly not convenient for like when you get it and then drive home and go, oh, this I isn't going in the car. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it's you. totally ridiculous. <laughs> it's totally unusable. Yeah. It's the most u- useless thing we ever did. But, uh, but yeah. you know, people remember it. It's a collector's thing, I guess. Yeah, fucking <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to Darwin Central. May I take your order, please? Yeah, I want. You want Bill Sperm with that? No. <laughs> See, so what kind of? Where does that bring you? Um, I guess like, what? Uh, did you guys kind of have a hiatus after that, or did you do much more? Um, yeah, what did we do after that? Um, yeah, so did have, uh, yeah, we did. Oh uh, yeah, so there was a bit of a. There was a little bit of a break there, wasn't it? Because the next album would have been self-titled one. So that's that would have been when Grano and Tommy went off and did Burn the City for a little while. Oh, yeah, that? With, with Mick Smith. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, with Mick Smith. And, and then um, you did Cola Wars. And we did Cola Wars, yeah. So we had yeah. a little, I guess, a break from each other, you know. Yeah. And um, just started doing different shit. Um, and we went through a big management thing. That's when, um, so Ray Harvey didn't want to manage us anymore. We, okay. we moved on to Chris, We moved on to Chris O'Brien. Um, and then I think we ended up getting rid of Chris O'Brien. We actually sacked him at one point, okay. which he wasn't which he wasn't happy about. And, yeah, I can um, imagine. Yeah. We had yeah, we had our differences, I guess, back then. I think we've patched them up since. Yeah. Um, and so we got rid of him. We started managing ourselves, and okay. we got off we got off shock. And um, they were kind of cool about it. They gave us a bunch of CDs of all our albums to sell that they got made for us. Yep. Um, we'd done our whole contract, like we did three albums. They put out Jarchives, the greatest, oh, yeah, yeah, like a greatest right. singles collection and a, and a DVD. Yep. So the DVD's got all the videos and like tons of extra shit we filmed for it. Yeah. And um, it's like fucking gnarly that thing. Like, yeah, we we filmed like heaps of extra shit just for just funny shit. For, yeah. Like you know, in between videos and shit, and like outtakes of videos, and like we just had so much fun with that with JT. 
like just getting all the old footage and putting it together because we had a lot of shit on film. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we did that and then we moved across to Shock and um, uh, and they were cool. Like, we went back to them. Yeah. We paid a lot of money to get off them. And yeah, right. To get, okay. yeah. And then we went, did three albums for EMI and then went back to them. Went back you know? to them, yeah. Yeah, and, and put out the self-titled record. So, And that was awesome. That was probably probably what we needed, what we needed to do. What, what inspired you guys to kind of – was was there a moment where you were like, I think I'm ready to do this? Like, oh, we th- we collectively think we're ready to do this as a band again, or like, was it yeah, a, was I, it a slow so. thing, or was it like you just was a light bulb moment? No, I think it was a slow thing. It was like, oh, I've written, you know, it was probably it probably was like a year or more of like doing other things yep. and writing writing some other songs for other things and trying to do other things and working, you know. But and I think um, we started sending songs around to each other, like, hey, I've got something. I got something. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, that's worth jamming. Let's have a jam. Yeah, then cool. we, then we, you know, we needed a manager. Really, I did it for about three and a half years. Yeah, right. But Caleb was help. Caleb was helping me because I moved in with Caleb into this house in um, Fairfield, and um, we started managing the band. Yeah, like, cool. Both, both of us, and we, we had a lot of success. Believe it or not, like that that self titled record was like the one time in the band when we actually made money. Really, you know. It was the first time that we could see all the money coming in from shows. We never saw that saw that before, you know. Like, and all of a sudden, we're like, "Fuck!" Without without sounding like like, without sounding like incredibly negative, was there anything untoward, or it was just like there was expenses? I think it was just it was just expenses. Like you're paying a manager like fifteen percent anyway, you know, or whatever, ten or twenty, even, you know. Yeah. So you know, and there's just expenses. He's got an office to run, and he's probably claiming a lot of shit. yeah. And we were just like, fuck, we're not that we don't we're not that big. We can do this ourselves, you know. Yeah. And um and we tried it and it worked. And luckily it only worked because we had Craig at Shock who was like who really wanted to do the album and he put a lot of his personal, you know, effort into putting out that record and yeah. getting it on triple got it on Triple J and oh, cool. it did really well and um it charted and you know, so and after that we did a bunch of shows in Australia, did a bunch of tours and and for the first time, yeah, we saw money coming in, you know, and yeah. we signed another publishing deal and, like, we just sort of got our shit together. Yeah. So I guess and, – and also that's when Ross left and we got Shane Wacker on drums. So yeah. that was a big change as well. So Ross got sick of being in the band. He was just like, I'm over it. I'm leaving. Yeah. And, and we're still mates with him now. Obviously, he still plays shows with us. So Fills it was like, in, cool, yeah. cool. <laughs> Which is it was awesome. like, cool. We, yeah. yeah, we just had to get another guy and we found Shane Wacker. So we had drummer auditions in that time. Did you really – yeah, and we made people send in like a video of themselves, and then, and then we filmed it. We were going to sort of make it into some sort of movie thing, but it was like some of it was just shocking. <laughs> yeah, some of it was just horrendous. But uh, was it all word? Of, was it all word of mouth stuff, or was it like advertised in street press and that? Yeah, it was thing? advertised in yeah, okay, street press, and I think on our website or something like that too. Okay, right, probably MySpace. Yeah, something like yeah, that. yeah. Whatever was kicking yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah whatever yeah. was kicking. So, and there was like probably twenty five people who came and had a jam with us, and you know, you can tell in the first three seconds if it's going to work or not. Yeah, you know, like you really feel like. Yeah, I mean, it was good, and some some days were amazing, but some days was like, surely there's a trap door or something we can. <laughs> yeah, you know, leave it a pull and the seat just falls yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some days is like, like he didn't even know any of the songs. He's like, yeah, I'll just 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 keep playing and I'll play along. Wow. So, I was like, nah, dude, you gotta fucking learn something, you know. You know, like can't just come in here with your jazz. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> there's no charts. Traditional grip. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there's no charts for this. Yeah. You yeah. learn them. Learn the songs. It was kind of fun. Then we saw Shane Wacker's name on the list. We're like, he's got his second name's Wacker. He's a drummer. He better be fucking good. <laughs> it's a sign. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he was. Luckily, he, he came in and he was, he was pretty – he used to hit them hard. I remember thinking if we get a drummer, it has to be someone who hits them so hard that the drum shakes a little bit, you yeah. know. And he was like a real hard hitter and I was like, yeah, he's going to make these things rock, you know, and he could awesome. sound – he could play fast. He was pretty good. Yeah. And I think in the first six months – we, we got him up to speed. He was young. He had the energy. Yeah, good. And the more you jammed with him, you got better. And then we, we did the album with him, you know, and it was good. Yep. That's fucking great. So that was yeah, the self-titled so one. So what year was that? Uh, it would have been 2005, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Actually, I'm going to Google that because that's… 2004, maybe? Yeah, Google that. That's, I'd be interested to know <laughs> the history of my own band. I just feel like it – yeah, I mean, it makes sense that Ross left about that kind of time. I just remember that we were living in this house, me and Caleb, and that was 2004, and that's when it came out, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, it would have been 2004, 2005 because it would have been in 2000, that's when How It Works came out. And yeah, then, no, 2005. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So, that, so I guess, sorry, between 2005, that was the last – well, besides Role Model, which came out in 2013 – yeah, that was the, that was the last. That, yeah, that like did you, that was when that was that when the hiatus kind of happened between those yeah. two albums. Yeah, yeah, it was after. Yeah, it was after. Well, hang on. Yeah, there was there was a hiatus after that, so it was self titled came out and it did pretty good and everything. Yeah, and uh, and then we had a, these. Yeah, I guess the other guys were doing. That's when the other guys were doing um, burn the city Burn pretty the city. heavy. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I felt like I, I was managing the band and I was just doing all this work. You know, just doing all this extra stuff, and yeah, obviously I'm not charging or anything like that. I'm just doing it. Yeah, and um, it just felt really one sided. Like I felt kind of like I was forcing everyone to do, to do it. You to know what I mean? And to stick around with it. Yeah, to stick around with it. I felt like oh, <clears throat> no one really seems that enthused by it. You know, like I feel like I'm the only one who's really, you know, amped on yeah. doing stuff. So, so I guess I was the one who sort of, who sort of put forward. Maybe we should um give it a rest for a while. You know. Yeah. And um. And and we did, we, you know, we had like, I don't know, it was probably like a three-year break or something like that. Yeah. But so, we thought it was going to be forever, but obviously yeah. it wasn't. So with Cola Wars, what was the, what was the like, was there a goal or like did you have something, yeah. like, was it going to be different or was it just going to be, was there was a gonna direction? Be yeah, it was going to be more of a rock, like okay. a rock thing for sure. Um more progressive, like a progressive rock thing. Okay. With a bit of, we wanted it to be a bit of metal as well. Like yeah, right. Sort of okay. Um, if you listen to that Heartless Hype EP, that was the the first album we did was okay, but if you listen to Heartless Hype, the second thing, yeah, that's where that's where we wanted it to go. What you're aiming for, but, yeah. And and it was it's produced by Forrester Seville. It's like the best produced thing ever. Yeah. It's so <laughs> slick. It's like five really slick songs, but unfortunately, Mikey who was the singer and we just finished it, he had a baby and the baby died when it was born. Oh, fuck. Little, little, little Owen. That was right before – it was actually like the week that, that EP came out, I think. Yeah. And um, it sort of put a bit of a dampener on what we wanted to do, like touring-wise and all that. And, not, you know, none of, none of us felt, in a, you know, because of what happened to Mikey, that it would be appropriate to do pretty much anything, you know. Yeah. So I wasn't sure how to proceed. It was a really confusing time, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think you know. In saying that, we all stayed friends, and now, like I love Mikey, but that sort of that was like the end of it. After that, yeah. I think everyone just went back. I think Mark, who played bass in Cola Wars, was doing um, Steel Birds, which was like a um, like a sort of seventies acoustic rock. Okay, like, it was like six. It was really good, actually. Yeah. 
And he started doing that a bit more, and I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, here I am again. Just sort of, yeah. well, it was me, me and Shane, you know. So, um, so anyway, one thing led to another. We had a couple, I had a couple of years off or a few years off doing anything, and it was really, really good. Yeah. Like, I really needed it, you know. I focused on um, skateboarding and the skateboarding industry. I went to work at Globe for a while. I learned how yep. the back end works. And, um, but that was, yeah, that was a good time. And then, um, and Grano, I think Grano and Tommy were just doing, I don't think they were even doing Burn the City towards the end. I think that sort of got the ass as well. Yeah, yep. And, and then after a couple of years, we got, we got the offer to do that Descendants gig. That was after about three years. Oh, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 2000 and... Would that be eight? No. Oh, hold on. Or nine. The, um, the festival? That was, no, it was after that. Yeah, so did. yeah, so that was um, that was 2013. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, so, so like I found I'll probably cut this part out. I found out so I was I just joined Irrelevant. Oh yeah. And, oh man. Yeah, so I just joined Irrelevant in August 2000, August 2012. Okay, yeah, right. we did. Oh, and no, we did the Body Jar shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. We did the, Body Jar, yeah. ODS, FAO, Irrelevant. Did three shows. And then Is that, that, yeah, uh, yeah, that three, was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, and that then, was probably the best tour we ever did. I think that was f- a lot of fun. And then yeah, so then I got married a few months later in November. Yeah, and at my like so the wedding was a day wedding, and then we all went to a, a bar after it. And Mick Anderson, the drummer from Relevant, pulls me aside and goes, "Hey, like I got we got this show, we got the show off." And I was like, "Fucking hell, like." I'm about to, I've just gotten married. I'm about to go on uh-huh. my honeymoon tomorrow. Like, yeah. we're talking shop now. Like, is this the time? He goes, no, 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 it's all right. It's all right. And I go, okay. And he goes, think of, a, think of like your ultimate lineup. And I went, <laughs> oh, I don't know. We kind of threw band, like, we threw band names around. And Descendants were never on the, Descendants were never a thought. Yeah. Like, they came out whatever year it was and did, um, uh, that festival, no sleep till. Yeah, no sleep till. Yeah, and then right. in my mind, that was it. Like they were never coming back. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, so we got we got asked to open the, the Descendant show." I was like, "You How fucking good, good kid." Yeah, and he goes, "But you can't tell anybody." I was like, "Mate, I'm going on my honeymoon tomorrow. I'm not going to speak to anybody." And then, as it turned out, like while I was away, it got announced. So no, it was, yeah, it was perfect timing. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. That was so. yeah. That was the best. Yeah, because yeah. they did that. What did they do in Sydney? What was it? Little Park. Park. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We like me and Riggs went up for that. It was awesome. Yeah, Sick. but um, yeah, and they did like, oh, what are they doing now? Oh, yeah, Festival Hall. Something that's big. Right. Yeah, because it was like yeah. Bouncing Souls. You guys. Are, well, I don't know who. A uh, game over. I assume. Yeah, I think no. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was game over. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah fuck yeah. So good times. Sick. Bloody great times. Drink or smoke, so I went wrong. 
One thing that's always, or, or like, I've, or, I shouldn't say I often think about it because please don't think I think about you that much. But um, <laughs> right. like, a lot of people went the way of, like, especially, you know, a lot of people went the way of like solo singer songwriter stuff. Oh yeah. You never got you. You never felt the inspiration for it. Nah. No. Nah. It's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, nah. It's not my thing. Because like, nah. Like, you know, you you have this. I might cut this out because it's going to sound very homoerotic. But, like, <laughs> you've got very, like, if someone said, oh, yeah, like, Trevor Keith and Cameron Baines are, like, somehow weirdly related, you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, I can kind of see oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so he does his acoustic <laughs> thing. And so, like, yeah, I've always expected a Cam Baines um, acoustic yeah, yeah. solo album. No, yeah. Never going to happen? Oh, I've got, I've actually. Oh, oh no, you've got I've, some. It's not going to happen. No, I'm never going to do an acoustic album. But. Yeah. Me and Mikey, uh, me and Mikey did some acoustic shows ages ago where we did like Body Jar and Cola Wars. Yeah, right. Okay. Mixed together, but but that was. Sh- I mean, it was okay, but I just don't feel like the world needs another dude, an aging <laughs> punk rocker on a fucking acoustic guitar singing the hits from old, tw- yeah, playing his old hits. Yeah, you know what I no, mean? I feel that. That's no, fair enough. Not, I just don't need that. <laughs> but I have got like the best. I don't know. I've probably got about thirty-five songs. Right. I mean, I'm going to put out two solo albums. Right. Two, two you heard it here first. 
but they're going to be like they're going to be with drums and guitars and everything, you know. You're just going to do it all. I'm just going to do it all. Fuck yep. yes. But I'm I'm not going to play drums, obviously. But yeah, I'm going to yeah. do everything else, you know. See. But yeah, I've got fucking, I've got two. Like and me and Caleb have been sort of planning this for a little while. So I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to put out two. I'm just going to put them on Spotify. They're just going to be called. I've got another name. It's not going to be my own name. <laughs> and there's some fucking mental mental shit on there. There's like weird Beatlesy sort of stuff. Like everything, every idea that I've ever put put down, weird idea. I'm just going to flesh it out and make it into a real song. So you've That's got it. two of them coming. I've got two of them, and they're pretty good. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon okay. they're good. Are they conceptual? Um, Have no, they got a theme? They're just they're like sketches that. I've demoed and thought this is sick, but it's not body jar, or it's, and it's not. It's like weird. There's a couple of really good Beatlesy kind of type songs with yeah. Mellotrons, and like, and there's a couple of songs that I try to write for other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and there's a couple of like just corker. I reckon good rock and good punk songs that just no one else liked. Okay. You know, so I had to like just store it away. <laughs> Fucking incredible! <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. I reckon it's gonna be sick. It's going to go from like an almost metal song into like a Beatles song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. It's going to, to be it. like really eclectic, really out there. That's it's just going to be sick. fun. Sick. Yeah. Um, have you got a song that kind of, you know, a metal song that kind of, like a a Cold War song or a song that kind of sums up <laughs> those kind of years? Like where, you, oh, yeah, where your head was at? Um, that song, that Cold War song, Center of. Okay. It's called. Yep. Center of. It's it's on Spotify and it, I think that was the best thing we ever did. It's got that it's really progressive. Okay. But it's got a chorus. You yeah. Know, I thought it was really cool. I thought it was cool. Back inside your mind 
Totally. So, <clears throat> Body Jar this year released a new single, um, yes. Big Shot. Big Shot, yeah. And I take it there was more to come? Uh, yeah, there was. We have, yep. well, we've got eight songs finished. We've got to do another four. Yep. So, we're sort of doing them in lots of four. Okay. Um, and that was part of the first four. So, the second four have been done now. Now, we're working on the, the last ones. But, um, so, yeah, there's an album coming. It'll be early next year. It was going to be August, but now we've pushed it back, obviously. Yeah. And we've got a bit of a tour sort of plan. And, yeah, so it's going to be good. It's a really good – it's a pretty strong record, I reckon. But songs-wise, songs, songs wise, it's, um, it's a little bit different. What, where, you know? what are you drawing from? Like, you know how I told you before about that brand-new kind of sound? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that, that a bit more natural kind of sound. And it's definitely got – like, Nick, Nick's um, – had a lot to do with like the arrangements and stuff when we're jamming the pre-production and yep. it's just got these different ideas. Like, not as sort of full, if that makes sense. Like not as many accents, a little bit more simplified, but a bit more powerful yeah. and, and a bit, a lot more noise. Like yeah. just a lot more like loose ends and stuff like that. And yeah, it just feels it feels more natural, but really powerful m- melodies. Fantastic. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. So that's the way it's gonna. We, we sort of want it to go a bit more organic, I guess. You know. See. And yeah. then, so another, like, something that I've always been highly impressed with is that, you know, ever since I th- ever since I kind of started talking to you as more of a, like, as a more of a friend as opposed to a, a yeah, kid yeah. who looks up to this guy who does his cool fucking, writes his cool fucking songs. But, like, <laughs> so, you know, you, you spent many, many years working in, as you mentioned before, like, um, skateboard distribution and you learned the back yeah. end and you did a lot of retail yeah. and then, you know, eventually you opened that locality store. What yep. was the impetus for that? Like, um, I think it was, I think we were, um, oh yeah, I was working at Fast Times, which is like a big skateboard yep. um, shop in Melbourne. At the time, they, they didn't have any shops anywhere else. And then uh, I kept doing that. And, and then uh, I think I got to the point where I was just, I'm getting too old for this, you know. I think I was, you know, I would have been 41 or 42. Yeah. And I'm still just managing a, a skate shop, you know, a big yeah. skate shop. But, I thought I've either got to go do this by myself or do something else with my life. You know, the band is cool. Yep. I just want something, something else that I can do to earn money and and to um. But I want it to be something that I love and skateboarding is a passion. So, um, I borrowed some money from a friend, and um, and we took some more money out on our home loan. Yep. And we started started locality store. That was four and a half years ago, and we found a, a really good shop that was up for lease in Greensboro. And yep. we sort of we were looking for a little spot where there was no other shop. You know, and that was like probably the one of the last places in Melbourne where there was no actual skate shop and where we could yeah, right. set up and get the brands that we wanted and, and all that. And Because um, there's a lot the, of politics with if you open somewhere yeah, too close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you open somewhere too close, you won't get the brands that you want, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, and that's fair enough. I mean, all the brands yeah. just want to make sure that they're, no, they're not overcrowding the yeah. market or anything like that. So that was cool. And um, so eventually we found the shop and we moved out here and it's been pretty successful so far. It's just... You know, working—it's—it's a, it's a hard job. I've never worked harder in my life, but yeah, it's a—you know—there's a web store and um and there's constant battles every day. Like today, we had someone just come in and grab like this big gangster-looking dude, just grabbed a bunch of shit and ran, and I had to call the cops. And like, he jumped into a fucking a waiting car and and you know, and burned off. It's been there's a lot of like. <laughs> Yeah, it's mental shit, man. Sometimes like, it's like, oh man, just junkies and dealing with dudes like that. Yeah, right. You know? But at the same time, it's awesome. There's a grouse crew of dudes that I've become friends with now, and like we've got a real good little scene happening here. It's yeah. rad. I love it. You know. So how was it? How was the skateboarding retail landscape changed since, like, you know, working at PSC in two thousand and yeah. to now? Like, like 
is yeah. How does it? How, how is it differ? How is it similar? Like, I think it's um, it's just gone a bit more kind of like. I don't know. There's a lot more sort of top end brands now, if you know what I mean. Like, okay. there's a lot of brands doing. You know, it used to be kind of more low key and more sort of street level, which was cool too. But now there's these sort of top end brands, like a lot of sports brands are into it now, like Nike and Adidas, New Balance. Yeah, they're making skate shoes that you know, and um, and they're sort of dominating the market. And and but they are doing a good job. And at the same time, there's these tiny little brands that come up and get help from these big brands who do collabs with them. You know. Yeah. Right. And, okay. Uh, like, and they're you know brands that are like tiny little brands but they end up exploding you know what I mean like yeah so now it's all about little brands now and and sort of and collabing I guess doing collaborative things with the bigger brands so you're right it's very political and there's a lot of sort of shit around but it's still a skate shop that's how I always look at it it's just skateboarding it should be fun do you have like do you have a skate team like is that still a thing or Yeah, yeah 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 we've got a shop team we've got like Maybe seven guys on the shop team. Yeah, cool. So, the, yeah, they're cool. They just give us, you know, they do clips that we can put on Insta and they're just, they're just good to have around. And they, you know, they really support the shop and they get spread the word for you. you Fantastic. Know. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, awesome. Good dudes. Sick. Thank you very much. I've had a fucking blast. No worries, I hope man. you have as well. Yeah, I have, man. I'm yeah. glad we got to finish it off. So let's, um, let's, let's pick a song that kind of sums up campaigns okay. 2020. 2020. Oh, shit. Play that brand new song. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know the oh, exact one you mean. I've got no idea what it's called, dude, but I, it yeah. Is, it is so good. Like Nick got me onto them. But, um, yeah, that song is just like absolute cork up. One of the See, best ever. Fuck yeah. yeah. Turn up your love like some cold machine Don't 
Pockets are loaded Everybody rolls With their fingers crossed Everybody knows The war is over Everybody knows The good guys lost Everybody knows The fight was fixed The poor stay poor The rich get rich That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows That the boat is leaking Everybody knows The captain lied Everybody got this broken feeling Like their father or their dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And a long stem rose Everybody knows Everybody knows that you love me, baby Everybody knows that you really do Everybody knows you've been discreet But there were so many people you just had to meet Without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Calvary uh, to the beach. 
beach at Malibu Everybody knows it's coming upon Take one last look at this sacred heart Before it blows And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody